You're listening to ReachMD. This week's medical industry feature, Spotlight on Nephrology, Making a Difference in Patients with SHPT, is sponsored by Amgen. Parsibiv, etalcalcetide, is indicated for the treatment of secondary hyperparathyroidism, HPT, in adult patients with chronic kidney disease, CKD, on hemodialysis. Parsibiv has not been studied in adult patients with parathyroid carcinoma, primary hyperparathyroidism, or with CKD who are not on hemodialysis and is not recommended for use in these populations. Stay tuned for the complete important safety information for Parsibiv at the end of this podcast. This program is intended for healthcare professionals only. Welcome to today's program. I'm your host, Dr. John Russell. Today, I'll be talking with experts in the field of nephrology about the changing dynamics of nephrology care and how it affects our patients with secondary hyperparathyroidism, also known as SHPT. It's one of the particularly challenging aspects of treating adult patients with chronic kidney disease who are on hemodialysis. Joining me today is Dr. David Henner, a nephrologist from Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Hi, glad to be here. Also joining us on the podcast today will be Dr. Abdullah Delatif, a nephrologist from Houston, Texas. So Dr. Henner, nephrology patients seem to be an underserved patient population when it comes to new treatment options. What do you see happening to remedy that? That may seem to be the case, and while there have been very few new drugs in nephrology over the last several years, we need to acknowledge that there are positive things happening to help our patients right now. There are a lot of great treatment options available, and one of them that comes to mind is Parsibiv. That is one drug I can say without hesitation has made a difference in my practice. For years, I've wanted to manage my patients' secondary hyperparathyroidism and be able to control administration of their treatment while also helping to lower and maintain their labs. Dr. Abdelatif, do you also share those sentiments? Absolutely. In my practice, Parsiviv has played an important role in building treatment plans for my patients with SHPT. Unfortunately, there is data that shows that despite the availability of SHPT treatments, including calcimimetics, the incidence of patients with high PTH greater than 600 has more than doubled in the recent years. So, that tells me there is more work to do with the treatment options we have for our patients. But if calcimimetics like Parsifib provide hope, why do you think that has happened? There are countless reasons this might have happened. To me, a big problem is not monitoring labs in a timely fashion. Take a drug like Parsifib, for instance. Based on the label, PTS should be monitored four weeks after initiation or dose adjustment. When maintenance dose is reached, check PTH per the facility. Corrected calcium should be checked one week after initiation or dose adjustment and then every four weeks once you have found the maintenance dose. I think another reason could be lack of proper titration because of inadequate lab checks. If you're not monitoring labs as recommended, you may not be titrating as efficiently as you could if you check their labs as directed. Titration is an important part of monitoring patients treated with Parsibiv. I make it a point in my practice to be sure we are monitoring labs regularly and titrating as recommended. We work as a team. Both my nurses and dietitians are aware of the treatment plan for our patients. That makes a lot of sense. 
Dr. Henner, is Parsevive having any effect on how you and your peers are treating SHPT and what you can do for your patients? Parsevive has had a huge impact on the way we treat our patients with secondary hyperparathyroidism. For myself and most of my colleagues, we routinely write Parsevive for appropriate patients. And I see that trend continuing because we've seen such good results managing secondary hyperparathyroidism with Parsevive-based regimens. Doctor, that's good to hear. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to this week's medical industry feature sponsored by Amgen. I'm your host, Dr. John Russell. We're talking about the changing landscape of patient care in SHPT. We'll be back in just a moment. Here's some additional important safety information for Parsibiv. Parsibiv is contraindicated in patients with known hypersensitivity to etalcalcetide or any of its excipients. Hypersensitivity reactions, including face edema and anaphylactic reaction, have occurred. Now, back to the program. Dr. Henner, you've told us how you feel about Parsibiv. What about your patients? Oh, I have patients that have been on Parsibiv who have told me they are very thankful for it. Let me give you an example. I had this one patient I'd been treating for secondary hyperparathyroidism, and her PTH was rather high. I suspected she was not adherent to her current therapy because she had a history of that. We eventually initiated her on Parsibiv at the starting dose of 5 milligrams three times a week. We titrated every four weeks, and her secondary hyperparathyroidism labs responded. That means we checked that her serum calcium was normal and continued to monitor as we adjusted the dose per the label. Her labs responded so well, in fact, after several months, her PTH was around 500, and her phosphorus and calcium levels were where I'd like to see them. She had to travel out of town, and when she did, she looked for a dialysis center that can give her Parsibiv. She said if they couldn't give her Parsibiv, that was a deal breaker. That's how strongly many of my patients feel about this treatment. That's quite a statement. Dr. Henner says this is not an isolated case, and Dr. Abdelatif confirms that. One particular patient comes to mind is one of my patients, a young lady who has been on and off dialysis for many years, most recently four years on hemodialysis, and her secondary hyperparathyroidism continued to get worse. Actually, her parathyroid hormone was high. Once Parsevive became available, she was the first patient in her dialysis unit to be initiated on the medication, and we started her on 5 milligrams three times a week at the end of her hemodialysis. How exactly do you do that? Oh, you give it at the end of the hemodialysis session, either giving it during rinse back or an IV push after rinse back with an appropriate saline flush. I prefer IV push after rinse back with 10 ml of saline flush. Those are the basics. All the details are in the possible prescribing information. I see. Thanks for clarifying that. So anyway, back to your patient. Yes, so we started the patient on the 5 milligram of Parsibiv IV at the end of each hemodialysis session. And after her PTH came back, four weeks later, her PTH was still uh, elevated even though it was dropping. So I adjusted the dose to 10 milligrams three times a week in the same manner. And on her repeat labs in four weeks, her PTH was within target range of uh, about four to 500 and we monitored the patient over the upcoming months, and her level was maintained in the three to 400 range over a one-year period uh, without any further adjustment of her dose and stayed on the 10-milligram dose during her therapy. What was it like to be able to deliver such good news to her? 
It feels great and satisfying to deliver good news to our patients. Often, they're not used to hearing good news. That's really inspiring, and it actually drives me and my staff to look for more appropriate patients for this treatment. Turning now to Dr. Henner, I can see that you and many of your colleagues are having some success with Parsibiv. Is this in part why you feel optimistic about the treatment of SHPT? It is a great deal with how I feel about the treatment of secondary hyperparathyroidism, and I'm so thankful for a drug like this. I have another option to treat my patients with secondary hyperparathyroidism, and I'm able to control administration, something that's really important to me. Dr. Abdelatif, do you share Dr. Henner's outlook for your patients with SHPT? What other challenges do you look forward to overcoming? I definitely agree with Dr. Henner. I have full confidence in using Parsibiv for my appropriate patients with secondary hyperparathyroidism, and I am optimistic that I can do a lot for patients with SHPT in large part because of this regimen. Like I said before, why wait for the future if you can have a positive impact on someone's life today? Dr. Abdelatif, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Dr. Henner, thanks as well. Thank you. Well, this has been a very helpful discussion. I want to thank Drs. Henner and Abdelatif for their time and thoughts. There's definitely a lot of positive energy surrounding the SHPT community, and these doctors are a big part of it. Thanks for joining us today, and look for our other programs discussing important issues in nephrology. And now, here's the complete important safety information for Parsibiv. Contraindication. Parsibiv is contraindicated in patients with known hypersensitivity to etelcalcetide or any of its excipients. Hypersensitivity reactions, including face edema and anaphylactic reaction, have occurred. Hypocalcemia. Parsibiv lowers serum calcium and can lead to hypocalcemia, sometimes severe. Significant lowering of serum calcium can cause QT interval prolongation and ventricular arrhythmia. Patients with conditions that predispose to QT interval prolongation and ventricular arrhythmia may be at increased risk for QT interval prolongation and ventricular arrhythmias if they develop hypocalcemia due to Parsibiv. Closely monitor corrected serum calcium and QT interval in patients at risk on Parsibiv. Significant reductions in corrected serum calcium may lower the threshold for seizures. Patients with a history of seizure disorder may be at increased risk for seizures if they develop hypocalcemia due to Parsibiv. Monitor corrected serum calcium in patients with seizure disorders on Parsibiv. Concurrent administration of Parsibiv with another oral calcimimetic could result in severe, life-threatening hypocalcemia. Patients switching from Sinicalcet to Parsibiv should discontinue Sinicalcet for at least seven days prior to initiating Parsibiv. Closely monitor corrected serum calcium in patients receiving Parsibiv and concomitant therapies known to lower serum calcium. Measure corrected serum calcium prior to initiation of Parsibiv. Do not initiate in patients if the corrected serum calcium is less than the lower limit of normal. Monitor corrected serum calcium within one week after initiation or dose adjustment and every four weeks during treatment with Parsibiv. Measure PTH four weeks after initiation or dose adjustment of Parsibiv. Once the maintenance dose has been established, measure PTH per clinical practice. Worsening heart failure. 
In Parsiviv clinical studies, cases of hypotension, congestive heart failure, and decreased myocardial performance have been reported. Closely monitor patients treated with Parsiviv for worsening signs and symptoms of heart failure. Upper gastrointestinal bleeding. In clinical studies, two patients treated with Parsiviv in 1,253 patient years of exposure had upper gastrointestinal, GI, bleeding at the time of death. The exact cause of GI bleeding in these patients is unknown, and there were too few cases to determine whether these cases were related to Parsiviv. Patients with risk factors for upper GI bleeding, such as known gastritis, esophagitis, ulcers, or severe vomiting, may be at increased risk for GI bleeding with Parsiviv. Monitor patients for worsening of common Parsiviv GI adverse reactions and for signs and symptoms of GI bleeding and ulcerations during Parsiviv therapy. Adynamic bone. Adynamic bone may develop if PTH levels are chronically suppressed. Adverse reactions. In clinical trials of patients with secondary HPT comparing Parsiviv to placebo, the most common adverse reactions were blood calcium decreased, 64% versus 10%, muscle spasms, 12% versus 7%, diarrhea, 11% versus 9%, nausea, 11% versus 6%, vomiting, 9% versus 5%, headache, 8% versus 6%, hypocalcemia, 7% versus 0.2%, and paresthesia, 6% versus 1%. Please visit parsibivhcp.com for the Parsibiv full prescribing information. This medical industry feature was sponsored by Amgen. To learn more about Amgen, please visit amgen.com. And if you missed any part of this discussion, please visit reachmd.com slash This is ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.